Praise the Lord. Um, in Psalm 84 and verse 10, it says, For a day in thy courts is better than ten thousand, that I had rather to be, I'd rather be, sorry, than a thousand, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of, the, of wickedness. Amen. Another verse says, in the tents of the wicked. And um, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for tonight and for the opportunity to come before you, for you to reveal your word to us. We pray that, Lord, the expectation of the righteous will not be cut short. That each one of us, by coming together, we will receive understanding, we will receive strength, we will walk in victory. Lord, we will see you and know you better. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we thank the Lord for the opportunity to share again. Um, some of our brethren have gone out to the eastern region on a meeting, a retreat. So, um, if you don't find some of them, the brethren, um, Pastor Dennis and a few others, Please, uh, it's because they are out of town. Amen. The scripture I read is telling us the power, it's talking about the power of corporate prayer. Why it is good or it's better to be in a group, in fellowship. Apart from the fact that we read in Hebrews that it's not good, we should not forsake the assembly in any time, you talk to people in school of ministry or any other class. They say, why do you go to church? And usually they say, oh, because God commands us. And I tell them, like I was saying um, in the Tumi class, let's move away from the command relationship with God. Hallelujah. Into a loving relationship. Don't do things for God just based on command. When you are a child... Like Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I saw things like a child. When you are a child in the Lord, it's command-based. But as you mature, you do things out of love. And in fact, sometimes it's not everything that you do to gain. Hallelujah. Sometimes you do things out of a desire for a legacy. You want to do something for the next generation. It's not everything you do that must profit you. Personally, Jesus didn't have to die. There's a song like that. He didn't really have to die. So, if you are, if you, as you mature in God, you realize that some of the reasons why we, we do the things we do are very, very spiritually childish, to say the least. They are not acceptable. When you don't know the Lord too well, and you say, oh, the Lord commands me to go to church, so I come to church. Why do you have your quiet time? Because it's commanded, this, this book of the Lord shall not depart from him. That's good when you don't know the Lord. The people of Israel, God told them that at a time. But at a point in time, you need to be able to come to a point where you can say that your word is sweeter than honey. Your word is a lamp to my feet and light. So I see the light, I see the way. Through your word. And because of what I don't want to miss my mark, that's why I love your word. Hallelujah. 
Otherwise, our spiritual experience will be very, very mechanical. It will be like robots. And unfortunately, many believers, including people even in uh, neo-Pentecostal, charismatic churches and evangelical churches, still operate that way. Hallelujah. So, the reason why we come to church, or we want to be in group church service, or group prayer, should not be because I just, God said we should meet often. No. Or I just have a need. It's good. If you have a need, it's also accepted. But God, as we relate to Him more and more, you realize that you mature in the reasons why you want to see and see his face. Hallelujah. So we are talking about the power of corporate prayer. When we say corporate, it means group. All of us coming together. It's good to pray. When I was a younger Christian, I was just calculating. I said about 40 years ago when I experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It looks very far, but it's not very far. And I remember that that day, teacher, you are smiling, eh? <laughs> that day, before that day, I had been fasting and praying and asking God, this experience that people have been talking about, me too, I want this experience. Hallelujah. So I was fasting and I was praying. And I used to wake up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, I was a student at home. And I'll fast and I'll pray. And I'll fast and I'll pray in those days. The yearning was so strong. Then one of the early mornings, as I was praying, I experienced that I was speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. And I thought, no, look, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're forging some words. I said to myself. So I went back into prayer another two, three times and it was still tongues. And I continued praying. But I still didn't feel adequate. Then later that day, in the morning, some brethren were praying at um, the association school. And I think I was supposed to be in that meeting, but I had forgotten. And they came to my house and said, we have been looking for you, we have been waiting for you, we don't see you, so please come, let's go pray. And that day, the pastor and the brother who was leading the meeting, he decided to pray for all of us to experience the baptism. When he, I just knelt down, the Holy Ghost manifested. And I spoke, I spoke in tongues. Then I felt assured that now I've, I've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the rest is history. I mean, boldness, utterance, everything that comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit began understanding, wisdom. Many things happened in my life following that experience. Amen. So I experienced the power of corporate prayer in the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the book of Acts in chapter 2, after Jesus has said to the disciples, go and tarry in Jerusalem until I, the Holy Ghost comes. In chapter 2, from verse 1, we are told, 
that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, everybody, let's read that last, the next line. It says, they were all. They, who are they? They were all. With one accord. In one place. They were not in their various homes. They were not in their various chambers. But they were with one accord. It means with one mindset. One attitude. One under one governance. One expectation. One feeling. One hope. They knew that God, Jesus has said that they should go and tarry in Jerusalem. So they obeyed them, what Jesus told them. With one mindset. And that mindset of being together, they were all with one accord in one place. And verse 2 and 3 and 4. Let's read that. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of rushing mighty wind. I'm not going to go into the doctrine and explanation of the mighty wind and all. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Hallelujah. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat on each of them. So, even though they were corporates, God was visiting them individually. Hallelujah. Nobody was lost in the crowd. It was not just the leaders who were blessed. It was not just the men or the women who were blessed. Everybody who was among them received an experience. And they were filled, all filled, all, individually, one by one, with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues. Hallelujah. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Beloved in the Lord, this scripture fulfills that the church was birthed in corporate prayer. Hallelujah. The church was birthed in corporate prayer. It was this experience that those who have been following Jesus had that when they stepped out thereafter, you read it in that chapter, in that chapter towards the end, it says, and there was added unto the church so much. And they added unto the church so much. So those people from the 120 people that were there and those that came and received Christ, they formed the church. Hallelujah. The church was birthed in corporate prayer. Which also signifies that God, if the scripture in Hebrews 13 verse 8 is true, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever is very true. It means that God's vision, new dreams, new moves of God are often birthed in corporate prayer. Hallelujah. I said new moves, new directions, new major breakthroughs. That's why throughout church history, you realize that there is very few denominations that have ever been established by somebody sitting in a monastery alone or in some island on some island somewhere alone. Christianity is not a lonely 
lonely ministry or calling. If you look at the Wesleyan revival, was birthed in a study group that was started by John Wesley. If you look at the Calvinist, it was birthed in a study group started by Calvin. Corporate prayer and study of the word is what gave birth to revival. Azusa revival, the Pentecostal awakening in 1906 in Los Angeles, it was corporate prayer that gave birth to the church in its current form. All the gifts had been buried. People didn't know that there was tongues, there was interpretation of tongues. I mean, there was holiness, there was goodness, there was evangelism. But people didn't know that ordinary people could be filled with the Holy Ghost to work the works of God. People didn't know that ordinary people could travel to other parts of the world in power, raise their dead, heal their sick, command out demons. People didn't know that. They read the Bible, they saw it, but they didn't understand it. They thought it was far, it was from reality. They never knew that that could activate it. It took corporate prayer in, on the streets of Azusa in um, Los Angeles, America, to revive the gifts, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and to revive the church as we know it today. All of us here, there's no one who is 100 years. We didn't see it, but we know, we've read about it. By the grace of God, some of us have even been to those areas and we have tested, people have testified that this is what happened. Because of the power of corporate prayer. So, it's not about how much you desire for change or you desire to see God. Many years ago, we were in a prayer meeting and the pastor and the brother who was leading us asked us all what we wanted from God. And everybody said his own. Somebody said, I want gifts so that I can be a powerful preacher. Somebody said, I want this so I'll be... And a brother, he was, he was called Abbas. I want to see God. <laughs> you want to see God. Not see, experience God, but see God with his eyes. Hallelujah. So, corporate prayer is the door to new beginnings in God. Revival movements take place out of corporate prayer. Hallelujah. If you look at the scripture, corporate prayer enhances certain things that God has already planned for his church. I'll mention about three or four of the things that the corporate prayer enhances. Number one, Corporate prayer enhances supernatural interventions. You can read about supernatural interventions, but they don't come easy until there's a corporate, oftentimes there's corporate prayer. When people pray together, when the church is declared, we are praying, we are fasting. When the nation says, we are praying, that's when we see supernatural interventions, often. If you are just there, you often don't experience them. Very few people, one or two may. But in the main, for it to affect everyone, young and old, rich and poor, learned and unlearned, as a result of corporate prayer. When you want to see you, you supernatural interventions come and mass when there is corporate prayer. And you see it in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. After the day of Pentecost, Peter and John, 
were moving because of the power of corporate prayer. They, the Bible says, and, and they were moving to the temple in the hour of prayer. Corporate prayer. The group of people were there. People were praying there. They were going to the prayer. And as they were going, Peter had never healed a lame man. He had never healed a sick. He only saw Jesus do it. But because of the spirit of the corporate prayer, the power of it, he was emboldened. Amen. And the Bible said, he said to the man, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in Jesus' name, rise up and walk. And the man got up. There are many of us that, if not that we are together praying and, 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 and trusting God, there are many things we can't venture. We all stand here the same. It's we, 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 we have reached where we are through corporate company by the grace of God. You can pray all you want to pray. You can fast all you want. But I can tell you that you can't go very far alone. Because that's how God has designed it. That's why even great prophets like Elijah and Elisha, if you read the Old Testament, you read that when Elijah prophesied and he was about to go on his way to the, to cross the, the river, we saw, we saw that the sons of the prophets came there. Corporate prayer. What were the sons of the prophets? They were in a school that he was praising. When Elisha also came back, he met them. Sons of the prophets. So when you move in the, the, in the camp, in the company, that's why when Saul was prophesying, and the people didn't understand, after Samuel anointed, he said, when you get down the hill, you'll meet uh, the, the, the prophets. When he began to prophesy, people said, ah, is Saul also among the prophets? Who is their father? So, being in the company of the prophet legitimizes what God is doing upon your life. Hallelujah. Being in the company of the saints to pray opens you into a certain realm of the supernatural. We can long for the supernatural as much as we wish. But not until you get into a company of prayer. A company of people that love to pray and urge one another into prayer into the realm of the supernatural Many of these things will be just books, readings, and, uh, and lines. Hallelujah. So the first thing that so, uh, corporate prayer does, apart from everything, is that it enhances supernatural interventions. Many supernatural interventions take place when there is corporate prayer. Amen. Faith. When you read Acts chapter 12, verse 5, and then chapter 4, verse 4. 23 to 2031. Particularly chapter 4. When the brethren were punished and they told them, go and, don't, preach, go and, don't preach about Christ. And they were threatened. If you preach about Christ, we will whip you, we will jail you. We will finish you off. The scripture says in chapter 4 verse 20, and they went to them of their own company. And when they went to their own company, what, they didn't go and lament, they didn't go and cry. But they prayed. They prayed. And one day, you see, you see, as a Christian, whether you are a man um, of God or a child, woman of God or whatever you are, there will be a time that your faith will be tested. Hallelujah. I, I believe that if Elijah had run to the school of the prophets, probably he wouldn't have been depressed when the woman threatened his life. Amen. Because somebody would have prophesied a word of encouragement. He didn't need to go into the hole there to, 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 to be depressed. 
Hallelujah. Once he was in the company of people who are who also calling upon the name of the Lord, somebody would, the Spirit of the Lord would have descended on somebody and then he would have said, ah, let's go and face this woman. But because he was on his own and he was now emotionally down and all of those things, then the enemy took advantage. And then he thought that by lamenting to God, he will make a case. Hallelujah. Sometimes when we do our personal prayers, it's mere lamentations. How many agree that that happens sometimes? It's mere lament. It is not built on faith. It's not based on faith. But when there is corporate prayer, you see some, sometimes in the middle of the corporate prayer, you see that ah, somebody who seems to be worse than you is even seriously worshiping the Lord. It's even happy serving the Lord. And you look at, ah, look. And the Lord can use people's behavior to teach you a lesson. To stir up your faith. Ah, this man doesn't have hand. Doesn't have leg. Doesn't have this. That's not complete. But look how happy they are. That, that things are not the way they should be for them. But they, are, they, they, they seem so excited serving the Lord. They say, ah, I'm not being wise. I need to wake up. So it can turn you, your sorrow into joy. When you look at how others are passionately pursuing the Lord, that can provoke you. When the scripture says, provoke one another unto love and unto good works. Corporate prayer is the key to provoke you unto faith and unto love. That you say, ah! You come to have corporate prayer. Somebody testified that last week, Last month, last year, when I was going through this tunnel, the Lord showed up in a certain way. Then you see, ah, Lord, as you remembered Hannah, remember me. Lord, as you remember this one, you remember this one, remember me. As you save that one, Lord, I know you are able to do it. So you see your faith is strengthened. So they came together and said, Lord, behold, they are threatened. And the Bible said, where they were, they were was shaking. Embolden us, O oh Lord. And they were bold. Then they, they were even made richer. They, they, they were able to give up themselves. Because the Bible said, they, 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 after that, in chapter verse 31 to 35, said, and each body, each person gave. The, the apostle didn't do a fundraising. Barnabas, the son of consolation, the Bible said, who had a plot of land and sold it and gave it. Gave it. There was no appeal for funds. Just because corporate prayer had worked. A new spirit, a new atmosphere had come into the church. A fresh oil had come into port. So fresh faith is stirred up when people pray together. People pray together. Barriers are broken. See, prayer is you see, somebody wrote a poem years ago. Death the leveler. Death, the leveler. I believe that death is not really the true leveler. If you are in the world, you can say that. You know, when you say death, the leveler, it means that when we all die six feet at last, and all of that, that's what it's saying. That when you go to the morgue, poor man is not there, rich man is not there, everybody, nobody, all, all die, be there, everybody is gone. That's what the, the poet said. But if you look at prayer, prayer is actually the leveler. Amen. Because when we all appear before God, you are chief executive. He or she is a cleaner or whatever, messenger or whatever. 
You are God. Jeremiah says that God, that's what God he examines the hearts. So the pastor, the deacon, the anybody, when we come before God, God looks at us. In prayer, we are leveled. Then what matters is faith in God. What matters is God's, uh, your, your faith in the Lord and how you, 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 you evoke uh, divine uh, law through the word of God. What you are invoking. What, you are, what, how, what, what, what kind of message, what kind of uh, plea are you making before the Lord? Like the woman in uh, Luke chapter 18 to the lawyer. That's what matters. So, irrespective of where you have come from, whether you can speak good English or bad English or chi or whatever, it's not so much important as how God sees you and your heart and your faith in God and in the Word. That's all. We are all leveled in, in, in prayer. Hallelujah. And it's even better when you come, you have corporate prayer. Because when you have corporate prayer, sometimes somebody's faith that may be feeble or weak because of somebody's grace, God can have mercy. And the scripture is there, the Old Testament in the book of Numbers 26. When the people are gathered and a man called Phinehas when God had brought his judgment upon the church and Phinehas acted because of one man called Phinehas in the corporate prayer. But if all the other people might, in their little tents might have been calling on God in a different ways. But that one man's act of action within the corporate system, God said, because of the zeal of Phinehas, I hold back the judgment. Hallelujah. So within, sometimes... We think that, oh, by our many words or by the way we know we have oratory in prayer and the way we can stamp and the way we can jump and the way we are, our prayer, our personal life is very straight and we are doing A or B or C or D, it will make God hear us. Well, sometimes God is not amused. But through some brother or sister who is just saying, Lord, hear my, remember my brother, Lord, have mercy. Also, I always say that personally, I like old women praying for me a lot because most of the time, the old women, they don't sin easily. Hallelujah. They don't see this. They, they don't get... Because where they have reached, if they are about 70, 80, they don't have any... Quality. If you insult them, they are just... They say, man, now, yeah, if we would that. When they are... We are from they don't really care. They are not looking for any money. Any, they are just simple. Oftentimes, they, they don't have problems with lust and all this uh, nice girl, nice boy. This, uh, no, they are not... They are just simple. Most of the old women. And if they love the Lord, it's amazing. And I understand why Brooklyn Tabernacle is very successful. Because I've gone there and I've seen what they do there. In the basement, 80-year-old women, 90-year-old women, 95-year-old women, they spend all their time, 24-hour cycle of prayer, corporate prayer. And they have prayer. They, they are, they are, it's so amazing. It's beautiful. When you go, it's very organized. People's prayer topics, they have organized their topics. They move it for about two weeks. So the group that come today, they move it to the next group. They pray 24 like that. And they have clocking times for the corporate prayer. So I have clocked in to pray for two hours. I come in. And they don't fail. They took me to the basement. I saw, I said, hey! You just see the music. You say, oh, oh they, all the music. It's true on the surface. If you want to be in the choir, you have to have at least a bachelor's in music and all of that. But that's not the main thing. It's not the bachelor's that makes them have a global impact. That cross, their music cross barriers. No. It's not their masters. People can be in the queue to be in their choir for two years and they don't get into the choir. 
But it's not that. The, the, that's not what it is. It is the basement corporate prayer of those old women. 95-year-olds, 90-year-olds. And the way they, they nothing amusing can be fasting for 30 days. What they, they don't care for their lives. They, they've lost interest in the affairs of this life. They love not their lives unto death. Those people. And those type of prayers, that's what you, befriend old women. No. <laughs> I'm serious. Me, I love old women because my grandmother prayed for me. I know what it can do. I'm not saying that young people are sinful, but you are often safe with praying for, uh, committing yourself, having a prayer partner with an old woman. Because usually they are very sincere. Or old man. Usually they are very, they have nobody to compete with. They have no, no, nothing to struggle. They don't need a shirt. They don't need a, a dress. They don't need anything. They just want to love the Lord. They are counting their days. They are happy. They are happy. Especially they know and fear the Lord. They, will love, they, they are sincere. A young person who is a prayer warrior, woman, or man, sometimes they are, they are, they are that competing interests. <laughs> Isn't that so? Fell. And then look I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you. But we know. If you are young, there are things. They, sometimes the people you even pray for, they don't seem to show appreciation. That can affect you. But old woman, she doesn't care. And they do this corporate prayer in the basement. And it affects the spirituality of the church. Hallelujah. So, it, it strengthens faith. It enhances iron, sharpens iron. It strengthens, it sharpens people's faith. Amen. Corporate prayer will enhance spiritual gifts. When you read, like we read in Acts 2, the Holy Ghost came, people began to speak in tongues. When you look at what Paul was saying to Corinthians in Second, First Corinthians 14, when he, after verse 26 or 27 to 29, when he begins to talk about the fact that when you prophesy, let just two or three prophesy and another judge. That's in the corporate prayer setting. It's not, and you see, the gift of speaking in tongues of interpretation or prophecy, you can activate it in your quiet time alone in your room. Because somebody must judge. Otherwise, any dream you dream or anything you say, you say, you say God has said, when God hasn't said. The only way we can authenticate or validate your, your, your prophecy is when it's done in corporate circles. When you say it in the midst of the saints, and a brother or a sister who knows the word of God, who is mature, also looks into his spirit and looks into the word and says that, no, sister or brother, what you are saying, are you sure it's of God? Or a pastor who says, no, this one is not. I was at a meeting before Christmas and the former president of, chairman of Church of Pentecost was speaking, Apostle Pokunina, and he was telling us about how in the Church of Pentecost they used to make decisions through, uh, of leadership through prophecy and how they've modified it. And one of the things he said was that even McKeon, the founder, there was a point that there were prophecies about how he will leave, you go, and all of that. And some, uh, the, 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 the prophecies were overruled within a setting of corporate prayer. One guy prophesied that, oh, the way this uh, vice chairman or whatever had 
perform. God wants um, uh, them to see that when Macchion is not there, he's uh, going to be a good chairman, blah, blah. Macchion came and they sat in the meeting and he used the scriptures and all of that to prove that no. But if the man was saying that alone in his corner, you, people would just be afraid. Hey, he says God has spoken with you. Oh, God has spoken with you. But when there's corporate prayer, spiritual authority comes. Hallelujah. The gifts of God are used in a very biblical way within the setting of corporate prayer. But if you, there's no group, you can just be hiding in your corner there, anywhere, and say, God save, God save, and nobody can question. But within a setting of corporate prayer, when it's prophecy, gifts of tongues, revelation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, whatever you say you have seen or heard, it will be proven, to be put to test. Then everybody will know that this is of God, it's not of God. So even among apostles, people, because people can't err, but it's only through corporate prayer, when we pray together, that we can authenticate your gifts. We can know whether the gift are manifesting, the tongue you are giving, the prophecy you are giving, whether it is of God or it's not of God. I said chapter 14, verse 27 to 29. There about. Yeah. Amen. Corporate prayer, even in the Old Testament, enhanced worship. When you look at Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 6, verse 12 to 14, we are told that Solomon prayed, gathered the crowd together, and they were praying. By 2 Chronicles 7, 1 to 3, let's look at 1 to 3. They stood before the Lord. Now when Solomon had made all the end of the praying, he was in the corporate setting and he was summing up the prayer. The fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. It wasn't Solomon alone who was praying in this room. There was a corp- The whole Israel had gathered to dedicate the temple. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. When God's corporate glory, the, uh, the worship filled the house. The presence of God filled the house. Now look at verse 2. It says, And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. There is a realm of worship that no matter how good I am as a worship leader, I will never experience. You, no matter how good you are as a worship leader, you will never experience unless it's within corporate prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. When you read Tommy Tini's book, uh, God Chases, you will see that it's corporate, corporate uh, gathering. God went a church. He went to preach in a church in America. And it was just a normal Sunday, I think. And after preaching, the power of God came upon the church. And the, the power continued until I think the Friday or the following Sunday. Every day, they went home, changed clothes, came. They, the power of God, the, church, the meeting didn't end. The meeting didn't end because of the power of corporate prayer. It doesn't mean he, when he was in his house, he was not, God was not speaking to him. It doesn't mean the pastor of that church, God was not speaking to him in his house. But coming together, because the scripture cannot be broken. Deuteronomy says, 32, one will put to flight a thousand, and two, ten thousand. That takes me to another element. Apart from the worship, it enhances spiritual warfare. There are some demons and powers and groups of demons, witches, wizards, ancestral spirits, and covenants, which can only be broken by the power of unity in corporate prayer. Say amen. 
when they give them to you alone in your little corner, even though the scripture says that, you, that Mark 16, 17, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. You can be struggling with some of these demons because they are stubborn. But when they come within the corporate setting, they will know that some power of unity can fight them. Hallelujah. Some power works. Not because the person doing it is weak, but it's a spiritual principle God wants to establish. Amen. And the principle is that one will put to flight a thousand and two will put to flight ten thousand. So if the demons are many, sometimes you would need corporate agreement to deal with the situation. Can be very complicated. Layers of spiritual activity underlining. Layers. Layers. You deal with phase one, then the phase two comes. It's like some of these uh, science fiction movies. Sometimes you see the science fiction movies, they are killing the, 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 the demon, the manifestation, and they think they finish. The another one will manifest, another one will manifest. And you, unless there's corporate agreement and power, multiplicity of gifts and ability, you will still not have the job done. Amen. That is why we must not relent on praying together. Amen. We must not, because praying together will enhance our worship. It will also enhance our spiritual warfare. Amen. We are just about to pray. Now before we pray, let me sound caution here. Corporate prayer must be spirit-led. If we want to benefit from the corporate and want it to be enhanced, we must be spirit-led. What do I mean by spirit-led? When you read Acts 13, Verse 1 to 4. I'm not going to read it all. The scripture talks about people who were praying. Prophets, apostles, and all that. Then they laid hands on them. And they commissioned them to go. After the Holy Ghost spoke. That separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. Verse 3. For the work for which I have called them. Then verse 4 says that. Being led forth by the Holy Ghost. Being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Which means that that intervention in the prayer, was by the Holy Ghost. If we are doing corporate prayer, it's not all about lamentations and our, our, our outpouring. It's also about our hearing rights from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Corporate prayer is enhanced when people understand the move of the Spirit and are under authority. When you read First Corinthians 4, it says that let everything be done in order and in decency. So, in, in corporate prayer, we must understand that there's a spiritual protocol. There's a way of doing things. There's a way, there's a time to pray. There's a time to sing. There's a time to obey the leader. And there's a time to shout. And there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Amen. So, it must be Spirit-led. Not only the person leading, but even the people who are part of the prayer must be spirit-led. Because sometimes in corporate prayer, people feel that, oh, the way I'm feeling, and the, the prophetic utterance upon me, or the way I want, I feel that the prayer must be about this so strongly. If, you don't, if I don't hear these words, uh, the, the prayer is not my way. It can be misleading. Amen. And in that light, we're talking about hearing 
sensitivity, spiritual sensitivity. The other thing that enhances corporate prayer is the power of agreement. When you are participating in corporate prayer, talk to God and do your best not to fight people in your spirit, especially those who are leading. Amen. Sometimes we grumble in our hearts. The scripture says, if two shall agree concerning anything here on earth, it shall be agreed also in, in the book of Matthew 18, 20, 19 and 20. Matthew 18, 19 and 20. So what we agree here is agreed. But if we don't agree, it becomes a problem for heaven to act. It holds back heaven from acting on our behalf. That's why it's important that we submit ourselves one to the other. Hallelujah. Say, submit yourselves one to the other and pray one for the other that you might be healed. It's not every time that you agree with a brother or a sister or anybody that's leading or saying what they are saying in church. But you need to understand that even if you, you are better or you feel you are better than him or her, it, the service or the worship or the prayer is not just to please your emotions. It's unto the Lord. It's God who judge at the end of the day. Amen. Many times, why corporate prayer is, is, is disrupted in our hearts and doesn't profit us because there's a lot of grumbling. And there's a lot of judgment. People are just, why is this person the one leading? Why is this person the one? Why? Why? That person standing? Why is he standing there? Alone? Why did she sit down when they, why, why is she, all, all those judgments are disrupted to the flow of the spirit. Hallelujah. Many people participate in corporate prayer without understanding the code. When you read, um, is it uh, Ecclesiastes, I think, uh, or so, in chapter 5, or Proverbs 5, you say that when you go before God, don't speak many words. He was cautioning people. For He is above and we are here. Sometimes, when some people come before God as though. It's, I mean, in our hearts, we don't say it, but the way we are looking at people, you can see that it's like, now on so then, or things like that. When we have that attitude, it's disruptive to spiritual flow. Why is she not doing it the way I'm doing it? Why is she not stamping and doing this the way I think it should be done? Why is, she, why is he doing it this other way that I think? So the mind is busy judging, analyzing, criticizing, doing all these things. So it doesn't profit. Silence your, your flesh and your, your mind. Hallelujah. When you are in corporate prayer, learn to, learn to submit, place yourself under authority. Spiritual authority. And understand that God determines the finality of whatever you are saying or we are doing. Sometimes we can think, that's why the, the, the scripture talks about uh, uh, two men going before the Lord in prayer. And what the, it talks about the, the Pharisee and the publican. One thing, that, oh, I have come, I fast more, I do this more, I give more offering more. And the Lord was not pleased. Hallelujah. But the other one, 
who was humble in that. So sometimes in corporate prayer, one of the biggest hindrances is people overly judging, analyzing people. When you come into corporate prayer, focus on what the Lord is saying and doing. What the word of God is saying, and what through the leader, whether you like him or her or not, for decide that for that moment, he or she is the vessel God is using to speak to his people. Hallelujah. And you'll be blessed. But if you are now going to analyze him, analyze her, and, and size them up, and oh, this person, well, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, he did this, and now can you say, and how God use that? You don't know that the deal between them and God, and this that has appeared to, the, God, to them. So they can turn on and move on. And it disrupts corporate prayer a lot. Spirit of judgment, analysis, criticism, in a, and not with the mouth, but with the heart. And because of that, corporate prayer is not enhanced. Questioning if God will even hear our prayer, because this person that this, I, if I knew that it was this person I would stand by, I would have even come to this prayer meeting. I, 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 I want to be among those who are really serious that I believe when they pray, God hears. No. That's not a good attitude. Amen. Amen. Sometimes people are distracted by gestures. How can people be so passionate about me? They were, when I, they say we should pray, I don't feel the way these other people they are. <laughs> Not all that glitters is gold. Amen. The way that, you know, when we were in secondary school, we used to have a guy who was, I'll mention his nickname because I'm Puno. He was a very good athlete. So when the exam comes, when you see him, he'll be, he was a sprinter. And in the exam room, he'll be sprinting. <laughs> he'll just be doing all kinds of antics. <laughs> he was good, but he was not the best. To cut a long story short, I mean, I, I mean, he made it to the O-levels, but the A-levels, it, did, it was not fair to him. When I say the A-levels was not fair to him, that's what I mean. You know, when you get a grade like Fifi, <laughs> you know Fifi? Huh? F-E-F-E. Then you see that the exam has not been fair to you. But then the person that, when they bring the paper, you see him, and when they finish, tell it, question one, what did you answer? Oh, it was this one. It's, it's calculus. This one is it, it, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the question is about in differentiation. Oh, this one is about integration. Oh, you didn't get it. Pi r squared. Oh, it's easy. It was a trick. They were, they don't finish it. You can see you can be depressed if you are not careful. Do you remember anybody like that in school? Oh, oh, this one. The examiners were trying to trick us. So they, me, I saw it. So I said it. Then you are discouraged. You have people like that. So don't be so worried. You don't know what she or he or she, when Hannah was praying, and other people didn't know what was going on. But she was connecting to the Lord. So when you come into corporate prayer, don't be distracted by other people. Somebody is crying. Ah, now sister, I don't know this one. Hey, we, are, we are praying. I see a mom buying and losing. You're angry because somebody is crying. You're angry because somebody, the way sometimes people can be sitting down just quiet like as if they are in a coma. <laughs> and then once in a while, hum, 
He said, Hum. I said, Ah, yeah, Papa, we are not my own. I said, Yeah, Bonfire, see a Bonfire. Oh, you see it then. You don't know what, how the Lord, the Holy Spirit is ministering to him or her. Then you just be upset, and that can disrupt your whole time. And one hour or two hours, you are in the presence of the Lord in prayer. You don't pray. Oh, I, what made me come and sit by this woman? <laughs> this kind of meeting where people are every day screaming. I don't like this kind of thing where it's like something's happening. I just want to be in my quiet life. Some of us, we like quiet. That's why we like places that are quiet. We don't like this kind of meeting where it's every day. It's like God is, heaven is going to fall and the world else will break and all this. I don't like these type of things. <laughs> I don't like these things. I want to be cool. I've come for, I, I want solitude. To just enjoy my time before, not this sort of noisy young boys who are who don't know what they're about, young girls who are, they don't know what they're about. No, hallelujah! Don't allow anybody's spiritual activity. Some people, when they are prophesying, they can cry only three words in the prophecy, they will cry for five minutes. Hallelujah! That's their, that's their way. Somebody to come. Gather himself. Say, the Lord says he loves you. Or the Lord says, be careful. Say, period. It's none of our business. Why? Before the, the, the thing will come, the word will come, the introduction is so long. The tongues that will come heavy. Or very, 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 some Asian Chinese music is flowing all over. And after all that, only three or four words. We have been waiting. And somebody too can speak heavy bass, baritone. This professor All these things, the personalities matter, the styles matter. Don't really, they are not really critical. Don't make it's the paramount reason why you be your heart is down. I mean, when this is one prophet, I like it. This one, the way she's about to, the way she does, because of that one, I mean, the, God, I decided that those meetings, when I see her, no, I'll just walk out and stay somewhere. When we finish, I'll come. You don't know when the Lord will speak to you through that person. Amen. So, the Bible said, despise not prophecies. First Thessalonians 5, I think verse 20. Don't despise prophecies. But test all. Prove all. Judge all. It's part of corporate prayer. Optimize your times and seasons. One of the things about corporate prayer, you see like the way in Ghana now, every year, beginning of the year, sometimes the middle of the year, we have one week, two weeks, three weeks of fasting. You have to optimize it. There is a the demonic realm seizes times and seasons, if you don't know. Those in the occult, they seize times and seasons. When you read the book of Esther, chapter 3, from verse 6 to 8, Haman, read, let's look at that, then we'll pray. Haman. In Esther chapter 3, from verse 6 to 8. And he taught scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews. 
that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. Verse 7. In the first month, that is the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast pair. That is the lot before Haman from day to day, from month to month, and the, to the twelfth month, this is the month Ada. Hallelujah. And the Haman said unto, let's leave it. There was a timing of the casting of the lots. The, re- the release of the demonic infusion was timed. Sometimes it may be time to coincide with a festival or an activity, an occasion. But it was timed. That is why when it's Christmas, when it's Easter, when it's convention, when it's fasting week and those things, when we, they are declared, communion preparation, and it's declared, we need to understand that it's a season of seizing the moment. Tell your neighbor, seize the moment. Every day, it's not Christmas. Amen. There are times that when it's easier to join the bandwagon in prayer. When you read the book of us, you see it. Chapter 5. It says, and great grace came upon the church. And great fear came upon the people. And, and when we say great grace came, it means that everybody, every Tom, Dick and Harry began to work the works of God, preach easily. Work the works of God easily. Do things that they would normally not be able to do. So there are seasons when prayer is, is, is easier to pray. A few weeks ago, we were doing the prayer and fasting. Everybody was coming because it's a, that's the season. And the, the way you charge yourself with that season can take you very far. Why do you say, oh, oh, media prayer, uh, say, midweek, I'll just select one day, I'll just come when and ask coming. You have not understood times and seasons. Even the demons, the demonic people, the occultic people, they know how to seize times and seasons. Hallelujah. So, hey, man. He didn't cast the, the lot at any given time. He waited for a particular time and he cast the lot targeting the Jews. So that he knew that that time they probably would be in their weak moments. The same way we also, when we say we are doing corporate prayer, you must learn. When, maybe the year has been rough for you. Maybe the days have been rough for you. But when you see an opportunity coming through the church, through a family, through a group, and you say, ah, this one, let me just jump onto the bandwagon for, te- for the sake of corporate power. You see what God will do. But if you say, oh, if they want to go, they should just go. Me, I'll just, it's, uh, pray at the same time, it's the same. It doesn't, I can do it in my room. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. If the opportunity comes, take advantage. Tell your neighbor, seize the moment. I want to end here by saying that fasting is a catalyst for corporate prayer. Fasting. Whenever you fast, I I could go on and on, but having the word of God, of course, you know, I don't talk about the word of God. But fasting, when you look at the story of Esther in chapter 4, when she said, I'm going to also fast with my maidens. So, corporate prayer alone, prayer, raw prayer alone, it's not good enough. Often, it's good, it's enhanced when you fast also. So, when there's, there's fast, if you are not sick, if there's no reason not to fast, 
not to not to abandon the fast. Please don't say, "Oh, me, I love my food. Me, it's not it's not easy for me to forfeit." Do something. Put yourself in it because to enhance your prayer. Hallelujah. Jesus said to the disciples, such kind cannot come out just by casting alone. They can come out only by fasting and prayer. Amen. So tonight, we want to rise to our feet and just pour out our heart before the Lord in prayer for a moment. We just want to pray for a revival. You can see that many people are very weak. Even though we have fasted, we have prayed still, people are struggling. It's only my, my simple prayer that, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Just be, let, let that be our corporate prayer. Revive your gifts, revive your, your grace upon your church. Strengthen your people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pour out fresh on us, Holy Spirit, upon your people. Don't be tired. Be prayerful. Be, be shake up yourself. As the apostles, whilst Peter was in prison, prayer was prayed, made on, on his behalf by the saints. Pray for yourself. Pray for the saints. Any brother, any sister who is weary, who is worn out, oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. Restore unto us the joy of salvation in the name of Jesus. Zanda la baba, zanda rabla kutaya. Reka baranu ribrakaturi braka. Reka barakataya. Beka la la baba. Rota keberenka la bra. Sukele brekataya. Rando rubro sekerendere braka. Rando rubro sakabara. Nori breke. Rodna la bra tundere breka. Rota bera kota bera kaya. E malakataya. Beka barakuta la ba. Ota beria kabala baba. Mota kabala nori brakataya. Rando rubrekotolo baba. Let everybody pray. Lift up your voice and pray, Lord. I want you to revive me, O oh Lord. I want you to fire me up, Holy Ghost. I want to be restored, O oh Lord. I pray for my brethren to be restored, O oh Lord. Visit us, O oh Lord. Pour out your spirit afresh upon us, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, restore your gifts upon your church, O oh Lord. Enhance your gifts upon your church, O oh Lord. Give us new understanding. Let your power manifest in our lives. In the name of Jesus, let your gifts come alive. Live in your church, oh Lord, uh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, make a peria cola paya, e male babala masukaya, e pareco tama le baranda, o zatanda la baracaya, e mama que barra le barata, e balacota baraca, o tabaracotono ribra, e balacotana laba, moza banda la baba, raca baracota la lababa, radna la baba la balaba, roca balabo saca la laba, racota baracota la baba, e E papaya, e papaya, e papaya, e papaya, e malokotolobo sakabaya, e kalabrando rebrakataya, e kalalababa zanda lababa, o zakabandere brekatale baba, madere akatalalababaya, e bakuna lababaya, e berekabaya, e kalalababaya, e kabarano rewalababa, madere akabana lababa, rakaberia nalababa, lakalababa lababa. Ne baba, ne baba, 
ne baba ne baba ne baba rakapa nore brakataya e matinde rebrekete ne rebreke rekele berekata la baba restore restore oh lord fresh oil upon your people restore gifts oh lord oh let the grace abound let your grace abound e matane rebrekataya le ma le ma le babaya revive your work oh lord in the name of jesus in the name of jesus le malakataya le malakataya le malakataya le babalakota la la baba le babarakota la la baba le babarakota la baba makandere brakota la baba mokotonore brakata na re baba laya makatanere brakona la baba okadanere alaya lakotana laya nikotonore brakata la baba Rokabala Gulababaya, Epaparakatanere Brakataya, Lepatakatanore Brakataya, Lepapona Lababu Sakabaya, Lepapaya, 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 in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Tamalama Sakataya. Let us now agree that some brethren who are going through battle cycles, we want to agree and lift, and as the Lord lift a standard by your spirit against the plans of the enemy, those that are battling, you can, they, 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 they know that things are not as rough. Even though, I mean, we all go through trials, but some people are so cyclical. Every cycle, they are going through repetitive battles that are, they, are, they, are, they are almost overwhelmed. Oh, but the scripture said, when my heart is overwhelmed, oh Lord, it's overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Pray and let us agree that Lord lift the standard and bring down the, the, the accusations of the enemy. Bring down the plots of the enemy that is set against our brethren. Oh Lord, that has been challenged. Whose faith is being put to test. Who have almost given up in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, lift the standard by your spirit against any plot of the enemy. To ambush any brother. To ambush any sister. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice somebody lift up your voice somebody lift up your voice somebody in the name of Jesus nikapadiri akaya ekapanda ribarakataya any brother whose name has been registered in dark places of that enemy oh lord be decree oh lord that because of the blood let it be erased from the annals of the enemy from the books of the enemy in the name of Jesus ekaberi akataya sanctify them oh lord cleanse them oh lord liberate them oh lord from the Clause of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Any agreement that has been made against the future of any brother, any sister over here, oh Lord, even though they may not be here, oh Lord, lift up a standard against the enemy of their souls. Any ancestral power, any power of darkness, any agreement that has been made by ancestral powers against any of our brethren that call your, you call your own in this church, oh Lord, we put it down now in the name of Jesus. Any barrier that have been lifted, oh Lord, that has seemed like a cage for any brother, any sister, oh, against their progress spiritually and maritally and, 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 and financially in any endeavor of their lives, oh Lord, by your grace, by the power that is in the name of Jesus, by the power that is in the name of Jesus, oh Lord, liberate your people for your word says, oh Lord, the psalmist has said, my soul has escaped as a bed out of the mouth of the bed, of the cage, of the fowler. Let them lose in the name of Jesus. 
Set them free in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord my God, liberate your people. Liberate your people from every entanglement. Oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let them know that the Lord's liberty has come. Let the liberty of the Lord be experienced in the name of Jesus. Let's offer thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless your holy name for your mercy, for your kindness, for your goodness, for your liberty, for your salvation, for your healing.